Welcome to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. To my left is Shane Bishop. My name is Mike Boot, and we're happy to have you join us. This is where we talk about all things in culture and leadership, and of course, much, much more. We are truly here to help you navigate through the changes that you experience in your life. And today, Shane, we are welcoming in a video audience today. Yeah, we're not just audio. Today, we are Video. It's kind of like how video killed the radio star. <laughs> this might kill us. We'll see. You can't kill something that's dead, Mike. We are dead. We were DOA, dead on arrival. That's and true. you know what? We found to our surprise that we liked it there. We're, we're comfortable with no listeners, no sponsors, no nothing. No. We. We, I feel like we're in our sweet spot. Well, yeah, no doubt. We like talking to each other to a degree. To a degree. <laughs> Mainly we only talk when we're doing the podcast. That's we try right. not to talk mm. any other time because we're afraid we're going to lose the magic. Yeah, and it is magic. <laughs> and we have offices right by each other, so you can yeah, see how difficult. Yeah, I have to we, work hard. I only leave when I see that yeah. you've gone. In fact, we talk through people. We do. We talk through. We find through. someone walking through the organization. Yeah. We say, hey, can you share this with me? I'll say, you know, would you, I'll have my people just talk <laughs> yeah. to your people. Oh, sure. Yeah, we did we used to have people. We did before everything. Place is a ghost town now. It really is. And for you who are watching, or if you'd like to watch or just listen to the audio, you can go to youtube.com slash mychristchurch. That's where you'll find this episode. And Shane, the reason why we have a video audience today, because this is a special episode. Oh, this all started (laughs) with a special episode, Mm -hmm. right, Mike? That's exactly right. I mean, the, the empire. The Empire Empire started with a special episode. And and here we are in special episode two, where we're going to talk a little bit about COVID-19 and kind of where we're at and the mentality to get through. But before we do that, Shane, Mm -hmm. there is something that we need to share with the audience. Well, it's pretty exciting. It's very exciting. I know that people are going to be incredibly enthusiastic about this. Well, we would be excited too, because it starts with a four-letter word, free. Free. Anything free is better than something you have to pay for. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So here's- You told me though, Mike, you said that if you really want to expand your audience with podcasts, you need to give stuff away. And you know what I said? What do you say? I said, Mike, people aren't that dumb. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're not going to watch your podcast just because you give something away. And you said, yes, they are. So true. tell them about what we're giving away. Here's what Mike. we're giving away, Shane. It is, <laughs> it, that's not true, by the way. But uh, it's, I did make that up. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's heating up outside. So what we thought, Shane, and what something me and you both like is yeah. ice cream. I love ice cream. And, and any time of year. Yeah, but, but during the whole COVID stay-at-home <laughs> thing, I've got a new saying. You want ice cream, it's not just for dessert anymore. It's for like every meal every and every meal, snack. Every snack. So here's how we want to help our listeners. We want to give them. You're we have, help them. Well, we're going to offer <laughs> them something. Help you out as if you're not consuming enough <laughs> calories now, buddy. We've got something for you. Go right ahead. Mike. All right, we have. Uh, we're going to give away five. $5 gift certificates to Dairy Queen. All right. That's going to buy you like a medium blizzard. That will buy you a medium blizzard, unless you get like one of those really fancy ones. Those get yeah, a little bit- Yeah, because they like have to, stuff in the core. Yeah, you might have to throw a quarter in on that. I'm not- Maybe if, 50 cents, I man. wonder if I can get a gift card, $5.25. We would if we had a sponsor, we but would. with no sponsors, no. I think we're limited to $5. <laughs> Who's, yeah. So $5- Five. Five cards. Absolutely. To Dairy Queen. To Dairy Queen. Who's so, paying for this, Mike? I think it's coming out of my pocket. <laughs> you asked me that earlier. Right. It may be coming out of my pocket. All right, good. Good, because yeah, I don't have that kind of money. Oh, okay. Hey, uh, 
this is what you need to do. We will have a link below this YouTube video. We'll put it on Shane and I's pages as well. But basically, you'll go to this link. They will want your email. And after that, you need to share. You'll be able to share the, the Navigating Change with Shane and Mike link. You can also do other things, too, to give you bonus entries. Okay? Bonus entries. Yeah, and that would be like subscribing to the podcast or even liking uh, our Facebook pages or following us on Instagram. But all that's going to be there. All you got to do is hit the link and put in your email address. Now, I do want to say quickly, we have a lot of people, we kind of have a lot of people who are supporting us already, believe it or not. Do you feel that we do? Well, they, they listen. Okay, good. Okay, well, so if you've already subscribed, if you've already liked kind of our Facebook page and all that, you can still use this. Actually, the website is set up where it's on an honor system. Oh, okay. So, so technically, uh, you, you, you could do you vote thousands of times, just like they do for baseball all-stars. Uh, you know, it's something like that. So we just want to know, or want you to know about that. And then, in about the middle of May, we'll pick some winners and we'll get you these $5 Dairy Queen. $5 Dairy Queen gift certificates. Now, do they have to buy blizzards or can they just buy anything? They can buy anything. But you know, one problem before you go, before, before, <laughs> I know you got your mind spinning. Before, one problem I just what if only four people enter? Then we're only going to give four away. And we'll just have one. Yeah, I'll get to save yeah, a little money. But no matter how many times you enter, we're still only giving five, right? Even if. Yes. Even if. Tons more people enter than yes. we ever imagined. Let's yes. say eight. Yeah. We're still only giving away five. We're just giving these. away five, five dollar gift cards. Now, if they go Dairy to Queen. Dairy Queen and they yeah. really don't want a blizzard, let's say they want something else, can they use these five dollar cards for anything or only Ab- blizzards? Absolutely. But will we be disappointed in them? Probably uh, so. Yeah. Probably. What's your favorite kind of blizzard? Oreo. Oreo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty solid. I mean, I like all types of blizzards, but Oreo would be mine. What about yours? Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. I'm a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup blizzard connoisseur. So here's what I think. With the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, it seems like the flavor kind of goes away after. Like your taste buds get used to Mm -hmm. it. Do you Mm -hmm. agree with that or no? No, I think your mouth gets coated in this waxy kind of stuff. And it's like three weeks before you can taste anything again. That's why I love it so much. (laughs) That's actually a great uh, That's why I eat it because like yucky tasting things that are good for you. Yeah. You know how when they made all things good for you, they said, well, are you you sure it tastes bad enough to be good for you? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you eat a blizzard, you get your mouth all coated in wax for like three weeks. You can eat things that are good for you and you'll never taste them. Look at that. So we're really helping people with their health today too. (laughs) That's wonderful. Make sure you uh, go to that link and we would love for you to enter and love to get you a I always know we're getting ready to go because you kind of jump back into that <laughs> broadcaster voice. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, man, we're about to hit some content Well, here. I do want to set this up for us today. So we're going to have a conversation, a special episode, about kind of the mentality of how you navigate through this COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Because we're experts. Well, we're not. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're experts. I, we watched saying- like, I watched like 20 minutes of it on TV yesterday. I'm, I'm all over it. We, yeah, yeah, exactly right. I saw a tweet. <laughs> so I'm feeling really strong. Well, then it had to be right. <laughs> it had to be right. No, we just want to give some tips, you know, the best of our experience and, and what we're looking at. But uh, I think this is starting to wear on people a little bit, Shane. You know, whenever we yeah. first got into this, uh, obviously people were scared and everything, but there's a weird type of energy though with change. Yeah. And so when change first starts to happen, you're kind of, you have all this new information and I think it's given people maybe not positive energy, but a little bit of a distraction. Now we're getting to an endurance. I feel like time, uh, you know, there's some reports this could last 18 to 24 months. There's other reports. If we keep it safe, maybe we'll have some type of new normal soon. But the big idea is that we just don't know what's going on. Uh, just initial thoughts with any of that, Shane, as we're kind of getting into this endurance. And maybe, let me just say this. Uh, 
how are people going to find some type of stability in the midst of all this? Well, I, I think you are correct that we have a paradigmic shift. And, and a paradigm is just a model of what's in, in front of us. So let me give you an example of a paradigmic shift. And okay. it's something that's happening now. Let's say you went on a vacation cruise and, and you're on a ship. And you're in this cool little room, and that's a part of your vacation, right? That's awesome. You paid thousands of dollars to do that. It's awesome. Now imagine someone tells you you can't leave that room. We have a paradigm shift. Yeah. Because a vacation space just turned into a jail. Uh, We've had people trapped on cruise ships, from what I understand. There are people on cruise ships. uh, And with that new information, it, it changes the way we think. I think in a lot of ways, it's a battle of the mind. Okay. And I do think it wears on us, and I think we have to fight more and more to keep a steady sense of things as this rolls on. Do you think, when I was thinking through this, that perspective and finding things we're thankful for may be, may be important? This is going to sound silly, but me and my, you were talking about taste a couple minutes ago. We were talking about, uh, me and my wife were talking about COVID. One of the things, that if you get it, they say your taste goes away. Yeah. I thought, gosh, that would you know, stink just to have that happen. And so for a moment, I was just like, you know, I'm grateful for that I can taste things. And then finding those little things throughout the day, I think may be part of the mentality of moving through. Well, I think there's a, a micro and a macro sense to it. Okay. Uh, I, I love studying the, the Apaches. Uh, post-Civil War, the Apache Wars uh, just fascinate me. And one of the things you learn from people like Cochise is a lot of times Apaches who, who lived in this wide, wide open space, this borderless kind of expanse, uh, they would be incarcerated sometimes. They, they would be put into these tiny, tiny little holding cells and forts and that type of thing. And, and when you read the, the literature, they always talk about smoothing your mind. So all of a sudden, the whole world was yours to wander in. Now you might be in a four by four space and you're locked in. And they talked about smoothing your mind. How mm. do you reorient your mind to not panic? Mm to find a new place of normal and to hang in during that time. A great example would be you're on an elevator. So you're on an elevator. I don't know if you guys are a little claustrophobic. I'm a little claustrophobic. I like elevators better that you can see out of. But imagine the elevator stops and there's always that little sense of panic. The elevator is stuck. Well, if you can work your mind a little bit, you can make that thing a little better. And I think it's part of the challenge that we have now, particularly the more shut in you actually are. I think the more vulnerable people are here, the more they need to be completely shut in. And a lot of it is a battlefield of the mind. Like you said, and there's reorientation that you're talking about. And I think part of this is just what can, we got to find stuff that we can control. That's right. right? You know, find those little things. Uh, sometimes it's maybe keeping the house clean, as silly as that is, or doing some yard work. Or maybe it's, uh, you know, some people they say who are working from home. There was this poll I saw the other day that said, when's the last time you took a shower? And for some people it was three days, yeah. you know? And so I think those are little things that you can do, take control, of what's going on in your life and can help you through this mental battlefield. Well, it kind of hit me last week. We live in the the state of Illinois. And uh, when I got word that it was going to be 30 more days of this, I I thought it might be another week or two. 30 more days of this. All of a sudden, it did. It just sort of, I started kind of just spiraling a little bit. And and it was quite something to just kind of witness in in yourself. But... uh, I got thinking, you know, what can I do to help myself self-manage? And part of that 
was I've got to I've got to come up with some order. I got to come up with some routine. Yeah. I can't just act like every day this yeah. just happened. Yeah. That every day I have a new emergency. Yeah. What is a new routine and the new order yeah. for me? That's going to look like getting up at a certain time, ha- taking a shower, sure. getting dressed, finding some things to, as you said, to exert well, some control over. How many of our routines do we just kind of find? They're not intentional. Maybe it's a combination of work or family life. Uh, but when everything is disrupted, yeah. you may have to be intentional, right? In most of our lives, it's just like, oh, uh, the routine of my day forces me to do these things at these times. But when everything gets all disoriented, we have to maybe be intentional with that. And I think intentionality is a great way to deal with with being uprooted. We have to live yeah. intentionally because nothing we've been doing is in play right now. Not at all. Well, a lot of strong emotions we're seeing right now with uh, reopening the church and reopening the country all around. And, and I think they're justifiable on all uh, on sure. every case. So there are some people who, I don't know anyone who's lost. Uh, I do not know personally someone who's died from COVID-19, but there are several people I know who have family members sure. who have. So they're saying things like, you know, we need to make sure that we stay home and protect protect one another. But then there's other people who are losing their businesses mm-hmm. that they've worked their entire lives for. Uh, some people, retirement savings, they work their whole lives for. That's, you know, maybe dwindling. Uh, and they're saying, we got to get the economy moving yeah. here. Uh, there's fear about economic catastrophe, not to mention that there's people feeling that maybe our rights are being violated. All these things are valid, but they really are creating a little polarization and strong emotions. You know, Shane, you know, maybe just your initial thoughts on that. And then where does faith start to come into play for people who are people of faith? Yeah, we are close to a tipping point. There, there's a time when something is very, very obvious as to what you ought to do. And 95% of the people say, yeah, well, this is what we ought to do right now. But there, there's a place that we get back to a tipping point. And I think we're getting close to that in our country, which is why the debate is uh, stirring again. First of all, this isn't causing polarization. It's exposing pre-existing polarization because it's the same people that were fighting about everything before that are fighting about this and they line up right along the same lines. What's a little different for me is that I'm I'm just going to say this antidotally because I don't have statistics in front of me, but uh, of the people I know, people who are getting paid, who are off work, whose lives have just been a little inconvenienced by all of this, Most of those people are kind of saying, you know what? We can stay home a little longer. <laughs> right. Right? We can do this a little too longer. Bad. This yeah. isn't all that bad. Yeah, have Amazon keep delivering the groceries. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the people I know who have lost jobs, who are wondering how they're going to pay their bills this month, who very much feel that there's a strong possibility their mm-hmm. business, their livelihood is going to go into bankruptcy. It's not going to reboot when they hit the button. Those people are saying, we got to get to work now. Yeah. And, and some people said, well, well, it's better to, to be alive and, and lose your livelihood. Yeah. But the question is, who gets to decide that? Do I get to decide that for you? Well, in this country, if I'm elected, I, I suppose I do. Yeah. But that, I think, is kind of the gist of it. Yeah. Are there people who would who would prefer... Not to be alive if they lost absolutely everything. Apparently there are. So there is, it's a more complex situation than we think. Yeah. But I think it all comes yeah. from what your situation is. Absolutely. Where does faith play into this? I think faith plays all over this. And I think faith is, you know, 
Hebrews 11:1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. My prayer for all of this is that when this is all said and done, that we emerge from this better, amen. that our emer- families emerge from yes, this amen. stronger, that we begin to live intentionally, that we ask questions yeah, about the yeah. old template that probably wasn't working so well for us anyway. That's we were just good, too busy to notice. Yeah, good point. That we ask questions about the church, which has been in precipitous decline for 50 years in America, and yet we just kept doing the same <laughs> stuff. I think... Hope is, is believing yeah. that if we lean into Christ during yeah. tumultuous yeah. times, that we can come out better and stronger yeah. on the other side. And I don't believe that yeah. Christian people experience something like this the same as those who do not believe. There is something different yes. about us. Yeah. There has to be some peace within us that non-believers yeah. don't have. Absolutely. In some way, this is going to work together for the good. That's a part of our... We don't know how. We don't we're know not, how. And we're not saying that it this is... doesn't feel great. I'm not saying this is from God or anything, but no. we have a hope mm-hmm. that somehow in the midst of it all, God can turn this together. And, and Mike, that's a question I get asked a lot. You said this isn't from God. There, there are going to be people out there, maybe people who more of a Reformed kind of theology mm-hmm. that says, yeah, maybe this is from oh. God. Yeah. Other people, kind of more of our Armenian theology, are going to go, eh, you know, God can use difficult things, but God doesn't send it. And sure. obviously, if you're in a debate and you could only use the Bible, you could uh, land on both sides yeah. because that's why it's a debate. Yeah. How do you feel about this, Mike? Is this something that, that God puts on so. cultures to, to make us rethink things? Or is this just a crappy piece of luck and, and God will help it, us deal with it's it. It's always hard for me whenever there's a lot of death and destruction for me to think that that's from God. Uh, ultimately, for me, that's where evil has come into the world and started to just throw everything uh, off. I, I think of a, a God as one who can work through these type of things and bring it together. I will say, though, even if you look at John, uh, excuse me, like when Jesus is talking to disciples in John, he says to them, you know, remain in me, yeah. remain in me. And there's an idea of a protection mm-hmm. that comes over people uh, places that do say, God, I want to follow you. And so I understand that angle too, is saying, well, why isn't God protecting yeah. right now? Or, uh, But is God protecting in, in, in some ways? It's easy for me to say that from here, but what do I say to someone who lost uh, a loved one? Sure. And so uh, for me, I would just lean towards this isn't from God. He's still working out things together for the good. Uh, but I do have some questions about it too, Shane. Yeah, I, I think sometimes people look at uh, clergy or theologically based people or people that have, you know, like, like popular, popular podcasts. Yes. Like, like people other yeah. than us. Like 17 people. Oh. People, oh. yeah, that have like, that are giving away like $25 <laughs> gift certificates. That would be an awesome From prize. Dairy Queen. Yeah, because Dairy Queen won't even, I, I, I'm a little concerned. We may have to have our attorneys, if we had attorneys, <laughs> if we, look at this because Dairy Queen may say, hey, they're making people think that we're a sponsor. Yeah. And there's no way no. we would ever be associated no. with that show. So we need to no. make sure that they are not implicated as sponsors. You know, like when you watch a movie show. and you see Coca-Cola or something like that. Yeah, and, right. they'll, and they'll say like, oh, uh, that was like, or, or maybe a game, a, a baseball game. And you'll see someone and they'll say like, that was a million dollars worth of advertising that they got yeah, for right. free. Right. So I wonder what Dairy Queen is thinking when they see that we're talking about them. They're probably like hundreds of thousands of dollars in advertising just given just away. Just boom. I, I don't think anyone from Dairy Queen corporate is going to watch this. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just hoping like maybe four of their customers do. <laughs> to get back to my original oh, point, yeah. I think sometimes people think folks like you and me have this all figured out. Oh. 
We, we've got questions too. We, oh we hurt gosh. too. Yeah. I can tell you where I posit. I don't think God causes bad things. Yeah. I think that is a condition that entered the world when sin entered the world. And, and I'm a, a big creationist theologian. And, and by that, I mean, if you want to know what God intended, look at the world before the fall. Mm, right. Before the fall, we don't have disease. We don't have pandemics. We don't have those kind of things. So anything that happens after the fall is a result of sin. Yeah. So for me, is it a result of your sin or mine? I'm just going to say the sinful state of a world yeah. introduces things yeah. like death and disease and crime and abuse, and the list yeah. goes on and on. Can God work through these bad things to get our attention, to turn us around? I'm going to say God often does, but I don't think God causes these things. You know, we really talked a lot about macro there, Shane. One of the micro ways that I was thinking about in polarization with or just disagreeing about these type of things in terms of the uh, people with high emotions and all this, I do think listening in general is very important. Uh, having an idea where I just think there's sometimes that we we look at someone and we don't listen to their point of view. And so, yeah. for instance, back to someone losing a business as opposed to someone who lost a loved one, sure. right, and have different views of this. I, I'm not saying to change each other's mind, but I do think we have to find some type of compromise in all of this. And I do think listening to one another at least loosens us up in a way where we can do uh, what's best for, uh, you know, everyone to a degree. Well, we talked in an earlier podcast about empathy. Yeah. And I may have my position, and, and these days people radiate at really high frequencies, and, and it's almost like the mantra is, I am outraged, therefore I am. <laughs> and, and, and the more outraged people are, the quicker they go to social media. Yeah. You know, you think about the old days. Let's say you were really upset about something and you were going to write a letter. First of all, you had to find paper, then you had to find a pen, then you had to write all your thoughts down, and then you, of course, made way too many mistakes, so then you have to rewrite the letter, mm -hmm. then you got to find an envelope, right? And then you got to find a stamp, then you got to lick it. Everybody knows how yeah. yucky stamps used to lick, and they tasted terrible. Then you got to stick it yeah. in your mailbox, then yeah. it sits there, and you think about it. 99% of the time, you're going to grab that thing, you're going to tear it up, because that's where it ought to have been in the first place. <laughs> yeah. You feel better for writing it. Yeah. These days, people can type things and hit a button, and it is just out there. Yeah. So I think that part of it is just controlling our impulses when we are radiating at high yeah. frequencies. And, and one of the old Methodist adages is just do no harm. And a mm -hmm. lot of times I think that's just say, let's show some yes. impulse control. And when we do that, I think we allow for other people yeah. to, to be heard. Sometimes I think we want to speak so much that uh, it hurts our ears when other people say what they want to say, yeah. particularly if it doesn't line up with our ideology or right. theology or whatever it is. Yeah. I think listening is really important so that we can understand this is a little more complicated than maybe we think. Absolutely. Another question that I had for you, to, we haven't talked about this at all. Um, even when we do talk through people, we haven't talked about this <laughs> at all. Do you think that our country and maybe in the world is going a little bit through the parts of the grief cycle? You know, whenever there's a grief cycle, there's denial and anger and bargaining, depression and acceptance. Do you think part of maybe these emotions, uh, these, these tensions are just people grieving a little bit from the loss of what they're going through? Well, I, I think there is a big difference between this and a grief cycle. And okay. This is my thought. Grief is always dealing with something that's not going to change. So let's say I lost a loved one. 
that loved one is not coming back. So I have to work through the fact they are lost and going to stay lost. I am going to hypothesize that most of what we lost, we're going to get back. Okay. So I think that is a little bit different. And I think where we start getting panicky is when we start treating a temporary situation as if it were a permanent situation. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing now. As the weeks go on, they're panicking. As if yeah. this will never end. This will end. Is everything going to be exactly like it was before? Probably not, but more will than you could imagine. So in a sense, do we go through some of those grief-type elements? Yeah. Probably, yeah. but I don't think it's the same thing. You don't think it's a grief cycle, okay. Do you? You know, I kind of wonder in some ways, but again, you're talk, you know, when you're talking about it, you're talking about the deep grief cycle, and you and I have both walked with people through some tremendous yeah. grief. And, and comparatively to most of what we're talking about right now, it's nothing like that. But I do wonder if it's a lesser degree of yeah, the grief and, cycle. And again, if, if you're going to go bankrupt and lose your business... That's pretty big. That's 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 a grief issue, right? Yeah, so yeah. maybe a part of this is just what your perspective is. And and just because yeah, you have right. a perspective, you shouldn't just say, Well, everybody else ought to yeah. see things the way I do. And I think that's a big message what we're what we're talking about through today. Uh, quickly You j- feel like in some way that made listening to this whole podcast worth it, just that statement. And yeah. It's a big we're message. Gonna, we need to like tweet that. Maybe Tim could end the video right there whenever it was said. <laughs> Boom, right there. <laughs> Just like come it. across, and it would just amaze people. <laughs> uh, hey. <laughs> oh, I'm amazed. Um, or, hey, you know, we talked, one of the things that came up when I was thinking through this, Shane, is that before we got into COVID-19, you talked a lot about how the world changed already. Yeah. Especially, you know, you know, we'll just say 2010 until 2019 or whatever. And I know you talked a little bit about growing up, and yeah. this isn't the same world that you grew up in. I didn't know if you could quickly touch on that. And then I, I had a generational question. Do you think with the rapid change already, plus what's going on with COVID-19 is difficult, more difficult for boomers. That's interesting. I love how you ask multiple questions that aren't intrinsically related, and then I never quite know which one to answer first. So which one are we going to do that's first? That's the art of a good interviewer. <laughs> I like it. The great ones don't learn that, do they? It comes <laughs> instinctively to them. So what was the first question? The first question is just uh, where the world, how the world has changed so quickly. And then now we have another change on top of it and the yeah. difficulty that may be coming with that. Well, I do think a lot of boomers, people my age, I'm the youngest of the boomers. I do think a lot of us grieve a world that we used to know. And it wasn't that that world was less dangerous. The world of the Cold War was not less dangerous. It was just less complicated. There, there were bad guys yeah. and there were good guys. I remember when I was a kid, the, the bad guys were black hats on the cowboy shows. The good guys were white hats in the cowboy shows. <laughs> it was a very, very simple world. You knew who your enemies were. You knew who was good, who was bad, and all yeah. of those kind of things. And then everything just changed. And yeah. I remember the, the word postmodern which kind of referred to a period between the modern world that was crumbling and whatever was coming. They they thought this could last a really long time. It seemed to me like it lasted about nine minutes. So for me, I don't see a lot of vestiges of a world that existed even 20 years ago. And I think the rapid crumbling of that old world has only been exacerbated by this. This may end up being the last piece of the old world to just get toppled over. And after this, we may 100% be 
in whatever world there is to come. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, obviously we don't know what that's, what's going to be like uh, after, after we get through all this. Millennials, on the other hand, you know, one of the things I think that the millennials have going for them is that uh, there's a lot not going for them, uh, well for them, but I do think they can adapt pretty well. And I do wonder with all these changes, uh, maybe they'll be able to adapt well through this. I will say one thing. I went to Target the other day and everyone was wearing masks, but a bunch of millennials. And that really? did concern me a little bit because I was thinking, come on, guys, you got to kind of adapt and show people that you care. Have you actually worn a mask yet? Yeah, I have a Chicago Cubs mask. If you need to borrow it, I'd love to. I am not going to do that. Where, where do you wear your mask? Well, actually, I've worn it. Even uh, we went to Dairy Queen the other day. I wore it through the drive-thru. Dairy Queen's uh, getting a lot of work today. <laughs> I mean, it's unreal. Yeah. So I wore, I wear it there, and I haven't visited. You know, I haven't been inside a store, I think, for two months, yeah. which is nuts. Have you been inside a department store or anything? Oh, oh grocery. No. You've been, you I went to a grocery you store, went to though, a grocery store. last week for the first time in several years. And it really kind of threw me off. Do you know what they do in grocery stores? Uh, no, they, tell they, me. They collect like a bunch of things that people eat, and they put them all in the same store. It's not like a section of a store. It's just there. I had some essentials that I yeah. needed to go get, yeah. and I went. I got skim milk. Oh, okay. Right? And then I got two gallons of ice cream, <laughs> and, uh, and I got some Diet Pepsi, and boom, I was out of there. No peanut butter. You're not... Uh, Melissa keeps peanut butter. It's the other essentials that she (laughs) seems to be, I don't know, at times a little light on, particularly ice cream. Yeah. (laughs) But yes, I went. But today I ordered a pizza because there were several people around the office and I thought, well, I'll get order a few pizzas. So I went to Pizza Hut because that's where we used to go when I was a child. Incidentally, Pizza Hut is not a sponsor, nor is Dairy Queen. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'd just throw that out there. But I went to Pizza Hut and I, for the first time, wore a mask. Today. Oh, did you really? I did, because yeah. I went in, I strapped oh, the mask yeah. on, and I went in and paid for my stuff. It feels weird, right? It felt really weird yeah. to me. Everyone had one on? or Everyone. It was just me and the cashier. Yeah, Pizza Hut. Sorry. But the cashier didn't really have one on. Oh, okay. And I would have felt better yeah. if the cashier so, had one on. So when we went, I got a blizzard the other night, Dairy Queen, right? Yeah. So we, if we haven't said anything about Dairy Queen. No. But I went there the other night. It scared me half to death because you know how they tip the dairy, the blizzard upside down yeah, right, to let right. you know that you know it, it won't fall out or whatever? The girl who uh, showed it to me had on a mask and it looked like something from a scary movie. Really? Where she just looked at me and just oh. flipped it over like Ooh. this and all you see is the eyes. It scared me a little bit. I'm I did sorry. like a look away. Yeah. Like, I don't know if she was smiling or what. I think she might have enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <but. laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to comment on okay, that. Okay, good deal. Yeah. No, I think how we, I think where we are genera- generationally yeah. does affect how we view this. Mm-hmm. As a baby boomer, I think it'd be safe to say we've not had anywhere near the kind of stress and strain in our lifetimes that our parents and especially our grandparents did. You know, there was a, a time when you could have lived through World War I, uh, the, the Great Depression, World War II, and uh, the Korean War, and throw in the, uh, the Spanish flu epidemic yeah. in 1918. And there, I mean, there have been periods yeah. of time when a lot of bad stuff happened quick. Yeah. I don't think we've had just tons of horrible things like that happen in my lifetime. This may be a little bit new to us and being not as young as maybe we once were, how resilient are we going to be? The other thing is, and I don't mean this in a bad way, Mike, and I'm not saying a generational thing, but you know, your generation, you guys have grown up playing a lot of really scary games and watching a lot of movies that make this not look all that bad. And I don't know that my generation did that in such the same way. So in some ways, what 
what we're going through feels yeah. like a B movie made for the sci-fi channel to me. Yeah. But uh, for your generation, maybe they're just more resilient. Maybe so. You know, this is going to be an interesting lesson in history, or at least uh, whenever we look back on it. Now we're talking, as we start to wind this down, you know, we're talking about kind of this pending doom feeling, uh, these things that have happened in history. You know, there's some people both in Christianity and the regular culture that um, think the world will end. And like every 10 right. years, they think the world's going to end. And this probably isn't a time to get it to nuance theology, you know, about uh, the eschaton or anything like that. But for someone who Did is... you feel good when you said that eschaton? Eschaton, yeah. yeah no, not know, really. Just something I flip out there a lot. Yeah, eschaton. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have said yeah, that. We've been talking about like ice cream. You went from... <laughs> Ice cream to eschaton. Go right ahead. Hey, but with those, with people who maybe feel a sense of, you know, it's like, is the world going to sure. end? Do you have any words, just in general, maybe even a little pastoral in terms of the comfort, uh, and maybe even sharing Christ slightly in this moment uh, in times when people are really feeling like maybe the world's coming to an end? On the world ending, obviously, all of our worlds will end as we know them when we die right? Hmm. So everybody's world's going to end, as you know it. And I'm sorry if you heard it here first on this particular <laughs> podcast. I remember being a child at school, and we would have drills for nuclear annihilation. And they would say, in case there is a nuclear explosion that wipes out the earth, we want you to get under your desk because you wouldn't want to be obliterated while sitting at your desk. You want to be underneath <laughs> yeah, it. That's going to help a lot. Yeah. Now, if it was me and I would have made the rules, yeah. I would have said, let's raid the chocolate milk cooler. <laughs> because, buddy, if we're going to be obliterated, wouldn't yeah. you want to be down Go, in as much yeah, chocolate yeah. milk as you possibly could you if, you're, if you're eight years old? I mean, yeah. that's where I would have been. So, you know, when we were growing up, there was always this impending fear that the whole world was going to be wiped out. Mm -hmm. This pandemic, there, there's fear that individuals may be killed prematurely, mm -hmm. that people we love may die, that the economy, we don't know how that's going to affect us, but it's not the same kind of thing at all. So one of the things I think history helps us with is just to get a little bit of perspective. Mm. I remember a couple of years ago, someone said to me, you think this is the worst time we've ever had in America? And I said, over 600,000 people died in the Civil War. No, this is not the worst time we've ever had in America. No, no. Concerning uh, where it sits theologically, I think it's an opportunity. Yeah. I think it's an opportunity to look at your life. I think it's an opportunity to look at your relationship with God. I don't think it's ever a bad question to ask, am I ready to die? Am I squared up with God? Am I squared up with people? I would suggest, you know, if you've got a bunch of things, you know, if, so, if you found out you're going to die in an hour and you've got a lot of things to do in the next hour, I would say you probably need to plan ahead <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it's a good opportunity to look at our lives. Are we ready to go? Do we have the relationship with God through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we want? And if you don't have that, reach yeah. out. Yeah. And have somebody talk to yeah. you about that and share that with you. Because I feel like as a Christian person, do I want to die? No. Do I want to die soon? No. Am I going to die someday? Yes. But I'm not going to die as someone who has no hope. Mm. I feel like I have a relationship with God made possible through Christ that makes death just a speed bump on the continuum of eternity. 
And so I do not live in fear. And that's one of the things I would want to say, particularly to people of faith Mm -hmm. who watch this. You don't have to live in fear because God's got us, and if not in this world, in the next. For those of you that maybe aren't believers, I want to suggest to you that you don't have to live in fear because there is a relationship with God available to you that is beyond anything you could ever imagine. And that's something that I would encourage people to lean into. And if you do that, then maybe the difficult times in life aren't made less difficult, but we can see that they have been redeemed. Absolutely, and maybe that's ultimately how God will make this work together for the good for our listeners as they kind of reevaluate and lean into Christ. Well, Shane, we are going to close this special episode up. It's been great to talk with you today. Well, I know it's exciting for you, and I feel like you learn a lot. I learned a whole lot from you, (laughs) uh, but it's been good. Any closing thoughts today? Don't don't be afraid. I think we have to be sensible here. This is not historically unprecedented. And really to compare the 1918 Spanish flu to this doesn't make sense in a lot of ways because we've got infinitely better technology and and, in the medical field and all those things. They never imagined having in 1918. So I would just say, don't be afraid. And And I love the scripture from Matthew 6, 33. It just says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I, I know people feel a lot of stress and a lot of strain. I know there's a lot of fear. And for some people, uh, there's a lot of energy that's just flying about <laughs> as we're trying to figure out how to reopen the country and yeah. what's safe and what's not safe. Yeah. And I would just suggest that people look to God first. And Amen. the Bible promises that everything else will find its proper place when we do that. Amen. Well, we are glad that you could join us on Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, enter that contest. We'd love to know how this podcast is helping you. You can follow our blogs at RevShaneBishop.com, RevMikeWook.com as well. Though, so thank you for joining us for Navigating Change, and make sure that you keep the change. <laughs>